Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a kook or not? That's the question. There's many things you can do to receive that label. So stay tuned in, because Coach Evan and I are going to talk about some surfers who have been inspirations and helped us learn how to be a little less kooky during our surfing journey. If you've ever kooked it, or just like to laugh when other people do, stick around. This podcast is just for you. If you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we all kook it at some point. So hang on to your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the surf coaching and education program, the Surf Continuum. So let's get into some of our uh, surfing inspirations, Coach Ev. Uh, Why don't you start by telling me who yours is? Uh, mine is a close family friend of, of ours. He's uh, based out of Redondo Beach, Torrance Beach. Um, Magic Mike Edwards, also known as Martian Mike Edwards. Very cool. Uh, just an ins- insane character all the way around, but we'll get into that. And yours? Uh, so mine is this guy, Mike Ederskew. Um So when I was growing up, He um, basically did a lot of things for me, enabled me to go surfing when I otherwise couldn't, um, gave me a job when I didn't have one, uh, big time inspiration for me. And uh, yeah, he went by Mike, or sometimes boss. (laughs) Boss man, sounds like it, yeah. He was a boss and a good guy all around. Um, So, you know, the, the reason why I always took notice of Mike is like, He's a modern day, like, real surfer. He lives the surfing lifestyle. He surfs almost every day of his life. Um, his, you know, he, he works as a teacher, so he has, like, a solid amount of time off in the summers to travel and do whatever he wants to do. Um, he can ride all the boards, you know, anything. And he just, he's just genu- genuinely loves surfing, like, every little nuance about it. Um, and I remember just taking notice of that early on and just like with his style and, you know, the, the way he dressed and, and, uh, you know, the cars that he drove and his always having a, like a rounded, rounded out quiver, a kneeboard, a longboard, a, you know, a mid length. Just an all around waterman. Yeah, absolutely. And he always had great stories about just growing up and, you know, his, his surfing journey and he shared those with me and. Um, you know, that's, that's when I, that's when I kind of took notice of it and he, he cemented himself in my mind as, you know, as like a inspiration and always kind of look, look to him and, you know, for some guidance and, uh, in, in my surfing journey and, and we ended up surfing a lot together and, and so on. How, how much older was he than you? Uh, or how, how old is he? He's like, I want to say he's mid-50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's like my Mike. So Mike Ederskew, I think I first took notice to him because his energy, the way he exuded just this positivity and excitement, and not just about surfing, but life, you know, and he was always like stoked, just mm-hmm. always excited. And I remember looking at him and being like, man, that's the kind of guy I want to be like. Mm-hmm. I want to be stoked about everything all the time, like happy, you know, excited surfing or not like he could turn anything into fun you know he would he would take not being able to go surfing because he had to go do this thing 
and make it fun for himself, you know, and, and make it fun for everyone involved. And I always noticed that. And I was like, wow, cool. Cause I could, when I was a kid, I could be a, you know, probably a little bit of a bitch. And if I didn't get to go surfing and probably, you know, complain about it and get a little sour. And then I would just notice him like, man, this guy, he's stoked no matter what. Just rolls with the punches. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's, that's kind of what a surfer was to me then too. You know, it was like uh, being able to just go with it, go with the flow if it wasn't even about surfing. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first thing, his energy, his attitude. I was like, that's how I want to be. And then of course he uh, just reaffirmed for me his, uh, you know, just righteousness by the kind of surfer he was. You know, he was just, oh, he'd always check the waves and he's he's one of the guys that would taught me, you know, you can't look at surf reports, you can't look at the camera, you just gotta go to the beach and look at it. And then even then you can't judge it, you just gotta go out there and surf, right. you know, you just gotta get in the water, man. the only way to really get it, yeah. get what's going on out there. Right, yeah, and he was a similar age, so I, I guess, so this is going back 10 years when he was really the major, I mean, he'll always forever be an inspiration, but when he was actively an inspiration in my life. I was in my teens and early 20s, and uh, and he was like in his 40s, late 40s, family guy, ran his own company, so that's where I was saying he gave me a job. I remember I just asked him, <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, uh, he's a he's a union contractor uh, guy, you know, he owned, uh, you know, EMEC Contracting, which is this like epic millwrights. He'd... So I asked him for a job, you know, I just need something, and he just created a position for me, you know, just started taking me around and showing me stuff. Show me this, show me that, show me that. Always encouraging me to like learn how to do it yourself. Learn about it yourself. Look at these same principles. They're here and they're in your car and they're here. Yeah, speaking of non-surfing inspiration, he's the guy that taught me you can fix anything. Uh, You know, like you can, if you understand certain fundamental principles, which is how we got surfing fundamentals. Yeah. This guy, I mean, this guy really is a major inspiration now that I'm talking about it, realizing more and more the whole basis of surfing fundamentals and the surf continuum comes back to this guy. He taught me that the principles, the basics of anything are what you need to understand first. And if you understand the basics, you really have a thorough foundational understanding of the complexities of that thing. All right. You know, whether it was a machine, a vehicle, or surfing. Mm-hmm. So major, yeah, so many. I mean, I can go on and on about him. I could gush. He's just a wonderful dude. Absolutely. I mean, hearing more about him, it brings up more ways that that Mike Marsha Mike was a an inspiration to me like one that will always stand out as like in in the surfing regard I remember we were surfing K38 uh down in Baja and I was like you know he was riding like a longboard a longboard no leash and just like really stylish and always just picking off good waves and I was going on anything and I was getting caught behind sections and like this one time I got, I basically got closed out by a big section and he was on, he was like paddling over the shoulder and I just did like a pin drop. I just like jumped off my board and I like landed on my feet and I went down and I came up and it, you know, it wasn't even a big deal. I totally used the leash, totally bailed my board. And he was just like, never do that again. He's like, you could have made that section, you know, just things like that. And then, and then he, he was always surfing without a leash. And, um, you know, so I, I looked up to him then and the way that I came to, to surfing without a leash was when I shaped my first board, like I got a brand new leash for the board and I got it all set up. And then like I got down onto the beach 
And I was like looking at my new board. I was so amped. I was so excited. And I put the leash on. And then I like I started running. And it was like flopping all around and getting all mixed up with my feet. And it just, I just, it just dawned on me like you gotta get rid of this fucking leash. You know, like <laughs> I went, I took it off, threw the brand new leash down on the beach, and that was maybe one of the the first times that I really committed to surfing without a leash. I always looked up to people who could do it. But then that was the first time I, I that was the transition. That was the transition, and I went out and I remember the the guy um, who got us all building boards right off the bat. Darren saw me like he he was right on the shoulder, and I went up and I did a turn. I wasn't even like paying attention to what I was doing in the turn. Like I made eye contact with him <laughs> through the turn, pulled it, and like just blew my own mind. And I was all about it. But it really does come back to Mike, like telling me if if it's if you can't hold on to your board if you really think that like you wouldn't be able to hold on to your board out there then it's not the day for you like Mm -hmm. as you get stronger and you get more knowledge and you know how you know you know certain breaks work even on big days you can you know you can use the riptides to your advantage and and all this you can really train yourself to not fall off you know and if you do fall off in a way where you can grab your board and bear hug that thing and get rolled all around and just Mm -hmm. hold on to it um but that was marcia mike's uh influence all the way um so yeah that's cool so let's see like my mic i remember i think one of the one of the biggest things really is what i was saying before with him you know, understanding. He he was such a thoughtful, a thoughtful guy. He would really want to understand things. And so when we would be at work, I had a great, there was a time in my life that was just a really pleasant time um, being with him, you know, getting to know this guy, learning from him. We would, you know, have to be at the shop at like four or 5 a.m. to make it into the city before the traffic. And so on the way in, he would be working through problems and he deliberately would talk out loud and think out loud so that I could be involved in the the, the solving process, the solution, mm-hmm. you know, and figuring out he would, you know, he it would definitely would be a pain for him, I think, to have to verbalize it. It's so much easier to just think about things and then work it out yourself. But he would go through that extra effort to, to verbalize and articulate to me what's going on, what he's thinking. And then I'd have this kind of background so that when we actually got to the job and saw the problem and all the guys you know all the the workers that he has on that job site would be kind of standing there you know wondering what to do and I'll never forget the way Mike would roll up one thing so confident like he he walked into that job site knowing he was going to fix it you know or find the solution or whatever it needed to be done would get done so that it would be solved yeah so that was like right there I just took notice of that like he knew he was going to fix it before he knew how and then he'd get there and he'd look and he'd take his time. And of course, every time he'd fix it or, yeah. or find out how to fix it. And just, um, you know, just understanding things, how to understand things. And like just the, the, the fundamentals of anything are what need to be understood before you have that full grasp on it. So that was just that'll never, ever leave me. You know, anything, any new endeavor I take on, I want to know what are the basics? Mm-hmm. What is the absolute fundamental what is the bottom bottom line what is the smallest unit of this bigger picture because mm-hmm. once i understand that and then i start learning how to piece those things together you'll know how to build the whole picture right. you know but you got to start with those small units absolutely um wow special times with that guy but um 
So, uh, you know, so how to like, we want to just move into this next part of how we honor them. And, you know, like, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, living your life now and honoring their memory and their, their inspiration they had on us, not that they're gone, you know, he's still around, right? You Absolutely. still, you still talk to him every once yeah. in a while? Yeah. We still spend quite a bit of time together when we're on the same coast, when we're close. Um, he's still an avid surfer. He's still a character, you know, he's, he's a new, he, he finds new ways to inspire me. He's a, he's a poet, you know, he's, he's paints. He does, he does a lot of, a lot of creative things and he still is just so consistently gets in the water and, and gets a, a huge, a huge kick out of it. Like he calls me every once in a while and leaves me a message and he's, and he always, he always gives me the surf report. <laughs> he's like, this is Mike checking in from Torrance Beach. And he gives me, you know, he, he gives me the breakdown, South Swell, light offshores, things are looking good. I'm headed out there. Let's chat soon. Um, well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, one. I think I forgot that was. I was starting to get to this point, and I was trying to finish a thought, and I I split my my attention. But I just remembered now. Well, one one aspect uh, of my mic that was so influential to me and inspiring was he had a shoulder problem, and as you can imagine, in surfing, that's just awful, heartbreaking, you yeah. know. And it wasn't getting better. And I'll never forget how he really did hard uh, like he tried really hard to not show that he'd still surf and he'd just find ways to surf and like paddle easier you know and just make sure he was really perfectly positioned for waves so he didn't have to paddle hard um but he just powered through it you know and whether it was ego you know or just being a tough guy uh who knows you know but like it, it was admirable to me to see him like persevere you know and push through it and not pity himself you know, not whine and complain about it. And, um, yeah, cause you know, you're gonna, I'm definitely gonna feel pains one day in my body. Yep. And, uh, I'll remember that too, you know, to just try to find your ways. Don't complain about it. Uh, you know, stay positive. Just like he always was always staying up, always on the positive note, always saw the bright side. And so, yeah. And that's how I want to honor him is just as I carry on in life and as you get older and things get a little harder and you start finding more difficulties to remember that attitude, you know, the stoked. Because if this 40-year-old guy could do it and have pain in his shoulders and still surf, then I can definitely do it. Absolutely. Great role model. Um, Got to keep honoring him. You know, now now I think I surf with the leash more than, than I used to. I mean, I remember I went for... I went for like a solid like five years where I never, I didn't put one on. Wow, really? Yeah, um, that's a pretty solid run. And so back then, I that I was definitely honoring his teachings, you know, and and uh, getting by the by just barely getting by in a few sessions for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, if I would have lost the board, the thing would have been gone, you know, out at the point, right into the rocks or right into. A rip current that would just take it out to sea, <laughs> um, but that was that was definitely one way to honor him and and really just being like completely into surfing, in in everything that it is, all its intricacies, you know, like the history of surfing, uh, the art side of surfing, the music, the the style, you know, like what whatever car you you roll in, 
he actually gifted me a really beautiful old car that's still waiting for me up in Santa Cruz. It's a 1955 Chrysler DeSoto. No way. V8. How did I not know about this? She's a she's a beaut. Um, but he gifted that to me, so that's kind of, that's definitely going to be something that honors him well well past his lifetime, you know, and hmm. and um, hopefully past mine too. That that'll be Mike Edwards's, you know, kind of spirit still rolling down Highway One. With boards on top and, <laughs> you know, playing it, good music. And... That's so funny that um, you say that because now that's reminding me that my very first car was gifted to me by Mike Ederskew, by this guy, Mike. And it was a 1988 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Man, built some memories in that thing. <laughs> and uh, in true form, he gave that thing to me. He looks at me and he goes, don't ever take this to the mechanic. You can fix anything on this yourself. Shit. And that was such an overwhelming thought to me at the time. You know, I was 16. I think he gave it to me when I was 15. So technically, no, I was 16 because he, I had my permit. So he let me drive it with him in the car, you know, back home. And it barely ran. You had to like press the brakes with your left foot while keeping it revved with your right foot, you know, and feather it and keep it running. And uh, I'll never forget that thought being like, wow, okay, I'm not allowed to get it fixed by a mechanic. Not that I could afford it anyway. Right. You know, 16 years old. <laughs> but he was right. Anytime something came up on that thing, I'd go on Google, I'd ask him, I'd ask somebody, and I'd figure it out and change the part. And every single time I fixed it, it empowered me a little more to realize like, wow, I can do it. And then it got to the point where things didn't have to break. I would address things that were like just issues like why is this thing dying when i let go of the gas yeah and it got to the point where the thing was running mint yeah and i had to eventually get rid of it because the suspension was going to shit so that was like a little above my pay grade which i damn i wish i kept it because now i can fix suspensions too yeah you know and too bad because that thing would probably still be ticking it's just a little sweetheart it's a little honey wagon yeah that thing was sweet and uh but that was just funny i didn't i totally forgot that my first car was given to me by by mike and uh and so you got a car waiting for you for your mic. Yep, that's that's, uh, that's pretty funny. That's huge. <laughs> Wheels. Well, uh, you guys out there, you find your inspirations. Uh, this is going to be a series. I think we're going to do. We like this. This is fun. Uh, surfing inspirations because we have plenty. These two are our major ones, and they still are for us. But there is tons of guys out there at your local spot, ladies and and men. Uh, you know that'll that'll inspire you to to surf better, to to be more positive, or whatever it may be. So find those inspirations and, and lean on them and, and look to them to to make yourself a better person. Yeah, look look for yours. Find yours out there. You know, like like Coach Chris was saying, there's you can get them from all different angles and just kind of keep your feelers out there because it can it can really step up your game. Totally. Yeah, and honor them. Um, Alright, well if you guys are not subscribed to the KoopCast, you're kooking it. Get on iTunes and subscribe. And we'll catch you next week. Alright you guys, see you again. You! Woo! See you again. Don't find me. <laughs> Dude, the whole time I'm fucking talking like this.